VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. Live in Los Angeles on a Wednesday, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Greg Cosell for one of the final times to look back at the Super Bowl, what happened, why did it happen. It is great to have you in, and and here we go, getting ready for the All-Star break. The trade deadline just passed last week. And we hear, J-Mac, the story of an almost colossal deal that it sounds like Draymond Green was encouraging the Warriors to make. My guy Draymond Green always a step ahead, thinking of the future. Yeah. Went to his owner and said, uh, you know, me and LeBron hang out a little. Maybe LeBron could be a warrior. What did you make of that story? Yeah, if I screwed up as much as Draymond, I sure would try to make amends <laughs> by, hey, let's get LeBron in here to save the day. <laughs> well, let's start with that. The story today that uh, the Warriors made a massive bid and really tried to instigate a trade for LeBron James. And so it says here, encouraged by Draymond Green, and we see him from time to time around LeBron James at a party or a game, vacation, whatever, that, uh, hey, <clears throat> they probably talked. And so Jeannie Buss always wants her stars to be happy. But she engaged with discussions with the Warriors, and then she called Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, Clutch Sports, and said, hey, uh, is, is LeBron happy? And he said, yeah, LeBron, LeBron's happy. And so she shut it down. Um, I've never thought trading LeBron makes sense. And here's another reason. Why would you give the Warriors of all teams a life preserver? The Lakers won the in-season tournament. It mattered. They were ready to go. They also have won five of six heading into the All-Star break. If they beat Utah six of seven and their only loss to the champions in a go-either-way game, they match up well with Denver. The Lakers have an elite distributor and scorer, one of the world's best still, LeBron James, a championship player. They have the best defensive player, AD, in the league who can also be an elite scorer. They have Austin Reeves, a third scorer. And the Lakers are big and they're physical. 
That matters in the West. This year, the Lakers have beaten the Celtics and OKC and the Clippers, uh, the Knicks. And again, they played Denver really well. Now, the Warriors are playing well, but they don't really match up with Minnesota and Denver and OKC size. The Lakers do. They don't have that championship size, and they know it. Kaminga's athletic. He's not a big. Looney's not having a great year playing less. Also, they have to get rid of Clay and Andrew Wiggins. They know that. They need LeBron. The Lakers don't need draft picks, 19-year-olds with less than a 50-50 shot to make it in the league at any sustained level. They don't need Clay Thompson, who acknowledges he's not the same player. And what are you going to get? Passive Andrew Wiggins? Night to night, you have no idea what you're getting. I'm not a Laker homer, but they have championship size. They have somebody that does a pretty good job defending bigs like Jokic. His name is Anthony Davis, who can also give you 28 points on any night. They have probably the smartest player in the last 15 years in the league in LeBron, who can dish 12 assists on any night and score 33 on any night. They don't need to make big moves. They needed a tweak at the deadline. Spencer Dinwiddie, tweak. Is it enough? I don't think they're a championship team. But the Lakers match up with everybody in basketball. Anthony Davis provides the kind of size and defensive dominance. They could go toe-to-toe with the Milwaukee in the finals. They could go toe-to-toe with a big like Porzingis or Jokic. Also, OKC has length. Minnesota's huge. Lakers are okay with that. What could the Warriors actually provide for the Lakers? Serious question. Draft picks? Come on, this is not the NFL. You're not going to draft four guys and get four stars like a Seattle or a Detroit. You know, Rams this year, both third-round picks starting up front. Very good one. One of the top young defensive linemen in the league. That's the NFL draft, not the NBA draft. And I do get the Lakers testing the waters. One eye on the future. One eye on the present. What's it going to look like post-LeBron? I get that. You don't want to sell the farm, but this feels like one of those, uh, what do they call it, a 2K trade? A little bit of a video game trade that Jeannie Buss heard about it, called Rich Paul. Is LeBron happy? Yes, he is. And she shut it down. I know the Warriors have been the better franchise for years, but I think they lack certain things that championships have. I don't think the Lakers do. Lakers could use another shooter, but defensively, they're big, they're long. Offensively, they could use one more shooter, but it's LeBron, it's Austin Reeves, depends on D'Lo on the night. Anthony Davis can provide 25 to 28. The Lakers are actually, from the in-season tournament to their current streak, a really, really good team. May not be Boston and Denver starting five. Maybe don't have the Clippers starting five. But I wouldn't count them out. So um, when you lose a Super Bowl, there's generally a reason. If you go to the last seven Super Bowl losers, there is usually a definitive reason. And we love to point fingers. But go to the last seven Super Bowl losers. Philadelphia last year. They gave up 17 in the fourth. Their defense collapsed. Totally collapsed. The year before, it was the Bengals. They just couldn't protect Joe Burrow well enough against Aaron Donald. The year before, it was Kansas City. They lost both tackles. They couldn't protect Mahomes, and Tampa's defense was hyper-aggressive. The year before, it was San Francisco. Limitations. Jimmy Garoppolo only had one real star in George Kittle. Didn't have the firepower late in the second half. 
Year before that, it was the Rams. Jared Goff's inexperience overwhelmed offensively. The year before that, it was New England. Remember that game? <laughs> the Eagles never punted. So why did San Francisco lose? There's always, last seven Super Bowls, something you could point to. A lot of people are pointing to Kyle Shanahan. I do not like, they say, that overtime coin flip decision. Why did he bail on Christian McCaffrey in the third? What about Purdy? I'll throw out to you why they lost. Two reasons. Special teams, which was a concern going in. Muffed punt. Missed a PAT. And bad luck. Bad luck happens. Kansas City fumbled five times. Recovered four. We all know fumbles are weird, wild variables. You can't really control. Totally random. Kansas City kept fumbling and recovering the fumbles. Then you throw in Dre Greenlaw, a brilliant linebacker, in a one-in-a-million bad luck break, got hurt running on the field. That's really, really bad luck. It happens. It's bad luck. Now, I mean, look at that. I've never seen that happen before. Now, San Francisco, it could be duly noted, used all their luck against Detroit. They got the breaks. Trailing 24-10, really being dominated. This ball should be an interception. It ends up being a catch at the five-yard line. Mid-third quarter, down 24-10. This is interception, intercepted, which it should have been, and not bounce off a helmet into a catch. That game may be over. But I think you can blame San Francisco's loss on some bad special teams miscues and just bad luck, bad injury luck, bad fumble luck. And I've said it for two days. There's nobody to really blame. I'm not even a huge Brock Purdy fan. He's good. He played well enough. He was fine. He was okay. Had a better first half than Mahomes. Offense probably should have given him more points. The only touchdown pass in the first half was by a receiver. But Brock Purdy, was, he was fine. Can't ask him to be Josh Allen or Lamar. He's not that physically. Kyle Shanahan on the accusations, maybe he's just not the guy to win the big game. I mean, you'd love to fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fix perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, but I also know, like, when you say big games, like, we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls. Maybe you guys can have any narrative you want, but, like, the success or the failure, uh, it comes down to one game. And I hope that I can be a part of a team that wins a game at the end of the year. But to say that the Niners can't win a big game would be an extremely inaccurate statement. For the record, I don't believe anybody is lucky or unlucky. And over the course of a lifetime, your choices will dictate your level of success and happiness. But in a moment's time, in a day, you could have bad luck. You can have good timing. The truth is, a lot of things didn't go San Francisco's way like all those fumbles that bounced right back. Christian McCaffrey fumbled right into a chief. Getting hurt, walking into a game. Yeah, they used all their luck against Detroit. Needed it and got it. Against the better team, Kansas City, needed it and didn't get it. 
Sometimes in a moment, you don't get the breaks. And San Francisco didn't. J-Mac, how about that? Defending Brock Purdy, that's all I do. It is my job, and I'm happy to do it. You know, it is Valentine's Day. I see you, you know, sending a little love the way of Brock Purdy. I'm <laughs> shocked uh, the way you bashed him for the last two months. But I, I love that take. Just un- honestly, unlucky there in the Super Bowl for the for the 49ers on multiple fronts. It's just, and we all know this, uh, sometimes a team will lead the NFL in fumble recoveries one year, and you could be next to the bottom the next year. It's all random. Where do you fumble? How do you fumble? Yeah. When do you fumble? I mean, good. Kansas City had a fumble during the game that went right through a scrum yeah. to a teammate. It looked like kind of like, was that like I, a shovel pass? I thought or? it was a shovel it's pass. Like, no, who would do and that the, in and traffic? By the third time, I'm like, no, that was just the luckiest bounce. Literally bounced into a teammate. Yeah. So, I mean, that could have absolutely made the first half. You go 10-3, now it's 17-3. You just don't know how this yeah. stuff's going to work out. Christian McCaffrey never fumbles. Two fumbles all season. All season. Wrong helmet hits the ball. Somebody Crazy. grabs it. Just the way it works. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Well, we know... The Michael Jordan 10-part documentary, though we'd seen the games, Michael's career had be chronicled. We heard about the Rodman story before the documentary. We knew the pushback Scotty and Michael had had post-Dynasty. But yet when it came out, that 10-part documentary, you could not take your eyes off it. I've watched it again. Thank God, during COVID, uh, we got that documentary because it was about the only thing at the time Joy Taylor and I talked about for about four months. So there's a new documentary coming out, and we know a lot of the backstories, but reportedly Tom Brady is more blunt. Robert Kraft is more blunt. 
And it is about how brutal the relationship got and was between Tom Brady and Belichick. It's on Apple TV. They're unveiling what they call the dynasty, and here's a little trailer. And the Patriots have won their sixth Super Bowl title. Don't ever count Tom Brady out. Bill Belichick painted his Mona Lisa. These are the two titanic figures of this franchise. But they are two alphas. That collision was inevitable. We're coming near the end. And I was just trying to hold it together the best I could. According to the story, um, Tom Brady has a quote in this. Me and uh, Coach Belichick, we did what we loved and competed for 20 years together, but I wasn't going to sign another deal in New England, even if I wanted to play until I was 50, based on how things had gone. I just I wasn't going to sign up for more of it. More than anything, the documentary feels like a referendum on how bad the Brady-Belichick relationship got. Players, including several still on the current roster, disclose how brutal it was. Matthew Slater, one of the more respected players in the league. It was brutal. Rob Gronkowski described pulling up to one Patriot place for a practice and not wanting to get out of his car. Uh, at one point, Wes Welker compared Brady to an abused dog for continually going back to work for Belichick. Uh, again, Brady is blunt, so is Robert Kraft. Former teammates and occasionally Kraft, too, are the ones who speak most directly about how bad the relationship was between Brady and Belichick. They called a hostile work environment, a miserable atmosphere in times the t inside the team's headquarters. Uh, Bob Kraft, the owner, said Tom and I had a number of discussions about how Bill treated him. Tom's a sensitive guy. He was always looking for Bill's approval, almost like a father-son kind of way, and that's just not Bill's style ever to give that. So this documentary is not going to do uh, Belichick any favors in his continuing job search. Tom Brady, I think I can say this because I've known a lot of people that know Tom over the years. I don't know Tom terribly well. Uh, we've never actually, I don't think, met in person, interviewed him two or three times. He's a workaholic. He's a grinder. He's not high maintenance. He's not needy. Sort of the opposite. Even at the short time he's been at Fox Sports, puts his head down, looking to please. It's all about the work. Um, any issues in New England, I'm sorry, they fall on Bill. And listen, football practice is hard. Anybody that plays it, any of you guys listening that have played it, it's hard, football practice. So I'm not saying it needs to be a joyride. <laughs> like, I get it. it. Baseball practice, infield, batting practice, I always thought that was fun. Basketball practice, you get a good sweat, some shots. Football practice is hard. But it, you can't have the best tight end ever and a bona fide tough guy not wanting to get out of his car. And I think a lot of this is, Players have more power over the last 10 years. The head coach now isn't just, his word isn't gospel. You have to be collaborative. That really describes Sean McVay. That really describes Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, a Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. It's collaborative. Your star quarterback gets a say. And by the way, that doesn't mean quarterbacks today. We're very lucky. They don't demand power. Lamar Jackson's not demanding power. Josh Allen and Mahomes aren't demanding power. Aaron wants to say in New York, but I don't think he's demanding ultimate power. But players want to be respected. And I think, in my opinion, Belichick struggles with the modern head coach quarterback dynamic. Whereas the quarterback is absolutely more important. 
is making eight to ten times as much, has a real relationship often with the owner, and they're firing the coach before the star quarterback. You can no longer be a dictator. And you could be for a long time. Now, you're just as a head coach, even a good one, another form of government. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes, and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, it's the Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, code heard. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. 44 years at NFL Films. Greg Cosell stops by. Now, we'll use Greg a lot during the draft. 
But we're going to look back at this game. And I said, I thought it was a game in which San Francisco, sometimes you just don't get good luck. Kansas City fumbled five times. They recovered four of them. Uh, there was a, play, a, a star linebacker for San Francisco got hurt running into the game. It was like, it, it wasn't the luckiest San Francisco day. I think their special teams hurt them. But there are in special specific moments, you just don't get the luck some days. Over the course of a career, your choices, your decisions as a team and a coach will kind of, you know, you'll move beyond luck. It wasn't the luckiest day for the Niners. They got it against Detroit, ball off a face mask, a pick, trailing 24-10 becomes a catch. They got luck that day. They didn't Sunday. Let's go back to Brock Purdy overall. I thought he was very composed early, and I didn't think he would be based on age and experience. What did the film say on Brock Purdy? I thought overall he played very solid football. I thought he had a rough third quarter. I thought there was stretch in the third quarter where he just didn't see things as clearly as we're used to him doing so. Uh, made a few late throws, a uh, couple of poor reads. But overall, I thought he played really solid football. Uh, don't forget, he played against a defense that's really difficult to play against. I mean, the defining feature of Spag's defense in this game was pressure, they pressured him on about 50% of his dropbacks, yeah. and they played a ton of man coverage. And they played press man. So they did not make it easy, which is one reason why you didn't see as many of the timing throws, the anticipation throws that we're used to seeing from the Niners because often routes were disrupted closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Sneed and McDuffie played very physically off the ball, but overall, I thought that Purdy played a really solid game. Look, Colin, I think if anyone said going into this game that Purdy would have fewer turnovers than Patrick Mahomes, you would have thought that the Niners would win the game. Yeah. Now, by the way, Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk didn't do much. Again, play calling, scheme, or just excellent defense? Because those three, if you'd have told me, yeah, those three aren't going to do anything, I would have said San Francisco's going to get hammered. Right. And they didn't. And they controlled much of it. But again, is that just on the press coverage, or were there openings for those guys? No, I think there are, there are a number of factors involved. I, first of all, there was a lot of press coverage. And, and number one, uh, number two, the, the uh, Chiefs played a lot of what we call two-man coverage, meaningful snaps of that. And in two-man coverage, you can really get physical. You can undercut routes. In fact, on, on a third down play, McDuffie played two-man coverage versus Debo about as well as you can possibly play it. It was almost teach tape, and he got underneath a dig ball, and, and it was an incompletion. Um, you know, that's one reason. You know, pressure was a big factor. Pressure takes away the ability to sit in the pocket and, and read it through. You know you have to get rid of the ball quicker. Um so, you know, there's a number of reasons. And I thought, and I think we talked about this last week, I mentioned that the right side of the 49ers O-line really struggles in one-on-one -on -one pass protection, and that showed up in this game. I mean, there was a meaningful part of this game where Purdy was under pressure and just was not a comfortable player. But I thought he persevered really well. Um, when you got to the fourth quarter in overtime, he made throws. They moved the ball. Um, the run game even started to become a factor a bit later in the game. So, you know, the, the 49ers did not lose this game because of Brock Purdy. Let's remember one thing. The Chiefs only scored two offensive touchdowns, and right. one of them came after the muff punt. <laughs> so this was not, you know, a game where 
uh, where the Chiefs' offense was dynamic throughout the game. They had a lot of slow stretches themselves. Yeah, I mean, let's and for the record, that's who they were all year. They weren't dynamic against Baltimore. They weren't dynamic against Baltimore no. or Miami in the playoffs. What did you make of Patrick Mahomes' performance overall? What's the film say? Yeah, I thought Mahomes. Um, you know, early in the game, you know, I, th- I think what we have to come to expect with Mahomes, and this is just the way he plays and it's part of who he is, is he's going to leave the pocket early at times. Yeah. He's going to leave some throws on the field. He's going to make special plays. To me, what makes Mahomes special, uh, One, of, I mean, there's multiple things, obviously, but I think a couple of things as his career has progressed really stand out to me, Colin. And number one, I think he's become incredibly intelligent before the snap of the ball. And I think the great ones are. I think, you know, that Tom Brady was a master at that. I think he's become so good after the snap of the ball and, and uh, excuse me, before the snap. And I think the word instincts is overused, but I think that Mahomes has such a feel for what's happening on the field situationally and a feel for movement. To me, his feel for both the movement of his players and the movement of the defense is really high level. And, you know, and again, he moves when he doesn't have to, but he makes things happen when he does just because of that spatial awareness. So, you know, Again, it was a game because it was so close and so hard fought and not a lot of scoring where just a few plays became really important. But I will say this. I mean, he got lucky a few times too. You know, he threw that that 52-yarder in the first half, a ball he never should have thrown. That ball should easily have been intercepted by Gibson, who for whatever reason lost awareness of where he was on the field, lost awareness of the receiver, well, you know, lost awareness of the ball. But – you know, and then they scored the touchdown right after the muff punt, which was a bust, by the way, in coverage. So it was kind of a, a kind of an uninteresting first half and a super compelling second half in overtime. So the Niners' pass rush was highly effective in the first half. Why yeah. and what did Kansas City do to adjust? Well, it's funny you say that because watching the tape, I, I thought that they got around Mahomes but they weren't necessarily changing the way the game was played. And one thing that the Chiefs clearly knew going into the game, and they did this right from the start, Colin, is they chipped both sides to help the right tackle Taylor and the left tackle Donovan Smith. They did that throughout the game. That was a critical tactic for them because they knew that those tackles could not hold up and they were not going to allow the 49ers pass rushers, Bosa, Gregory, um, you know, the edge pass rushers, Young, who had a sack beating beating Smith early in the game, they were not going to allow them to dictate the game. You know, I read where Bosa had 12 quarterback hits. I got to tell you, watching the tape, it didn't come across as if Bosa was dictating the game in any way, shape, or form. And he obviously played well, but I don't think that was a big, big factor in the way the game ultimately played out. So Mahomes, 8-for-8 eight eight final drive. And I, and I think, by the way, I think... Kansas City's defense is great, but I do see this all the time in the NFL, where a defense, especially a defensive front, dominates early and then tires. There were 150 total plays. I thought the Niners at the end looked a little gassed. In fact, I said yesterday, one of the reasons I got Kyle Shanahan taking the coin toss in overtime was his defense had been on the field for 11 plays, and they looked tired, and Mahomes was moving it. Um, and I think that's the reality to pass rushes. You don't, you don't get four hours of relentless pressure. Um, what, impressed, no. <laughs> what impressed you most 
about Mahomes' final drive? Well, I think what he did is, and and, and this is a, a cliched statement, but it is true, is I think this is where the patience and the understanding of Mahomes and just his overall intelligence about the game comes into play. They were giving him, early in that drive, seven, eight-yard throws, and you know what? He was taking them. I mean, you know, uh, if you're going to give him those throws, those are good plays to take, particularly when you start a drive. I think the first play was a seven- or eight-yard pass. That gets you feeling good about the drive. Um, you know, then the Niners started – started to play a little bit more. They played a snap of man coverage, but but the 49ers, by structure of the defense, through much of that overtime period, were giving Mahomes the quick underneath throw. You know, it, always, it reminded me of Brady. I mean, how many times through the years, Colin, have we seen Brady, if the defense is going to give him a six-yard ball, he takes the six-yard ball, and he makes it second and four, and he just keeps doing that until the defense wants to change. Um, and then, of course, um, they did go zero on third and seven, on and, and he hit Rice for 13 yards. That yeah. was a really good, big good read by Mahomes, um, really big play. And then his 19-yard run, and this was another example where I thought the Niners just had a little bit of an assignment mistake. They had a few too many of those in the second half yep. that changed the game. They were in cover two, and Warner left the middle hole. He was the middle hole defender to chase Rice on the shallow crosser, and he shouldn't have done that. And that opened the middle of the field for Mahomes on the 19-yarder. And, of course, that touchdown to Hardman. You know, everybody talks about it being a similar play to last year against the, the Eagles, which it was similar, but it was really a well-designed concept that distorted the coverage responsibility of both the corner ward and the linebacker, and the and the uh, the slot Ryan. It really caused a problem for both those guys. The way it was mapped out, it was beautifully designed. Yeah, we're watching it right here. What did the Chiefs do differently to unleash Travis Kelsey in the second half? What did they do? I don't think they did anything differently. They just got particular coverages where Kelsey was a factor. They got cover one where Gibson, all season long, Gibson has been the, the, the man coverage defender, the safety Gibson on the tight end when they play cover one. Um, and, and they hit him on an out route for 16 yards, as I recall. He hit Kelsey. Um, and then, of course, he hit him on that big play, which will break down momentarily on that big play late in the, in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I think it's just uh, – in zone, I thought that the, the 49ers had a really good feel for the route concepts and got eyes on Kelsey. A lot of times it looked like a double, but it was zone, so it wasn't necessarily double. They just understood the route concepts really, really well, which didn't surprise me. And then you had some, some you know, man coverage concepts. You know, when they went with cover one robber or two man, Warner was the matchup because the two safeties were part of the the. the deeper coverage so there was just it's just the way the game played out in terms of the coverages they got and the the 49ers did not blitz one time in the first half but they started to be a little more aggressive in the second half with their both their coverages and their pressures and that presented some opportunities for Kelsey finally the big play is Mahomes to Kelsey for 22 yards let's diagram that yeah, let's jump into it now. This play was fascinating to me, Colin, on a number of reasons as we look at it. This was late in the fourth quarter that set up the field goal. And the reason it was fascinating to me is it was third and seven. Okay, the Niners are not a high-percentage man coverage defense. 
But yet what struck me here is you see Mahomes in the gun. First of all, they're in 12 personnel on third and seven. They had two tight ends on the field, one back, two tight ends. And what was really interesting is the Niners played man coverage, third and seven. And what they did here is they played what we call cover one robber. So they had Gibson drop into the middle as the robber and the other safety go deep. And what the Chiefs did is they ran a man beater. It's as if they knew they were going to get man from a team that doesn't play a lot of man. And this blew me away watching the tape. And you're going to get the mesh concept, which is two shallow crosses, mirrored shallow crosses. Gray did a great job of forcing Warner to slow down, and he hit Kelsey. But I was just fascinated. This is, to me, the chess match at work, Colin. How did the Chiefs really anticipate that they were going to get man coverage because they called a man-beater route concept, yet that's what they got, and it turned out to set up, obviously, the game-tying field goal. Greg Cosell, post-Super Bowl. Good to see you as always. It was a fun chess match, and not shocking, Mahomes ends up the winner as he's prone to do in these big spots. Greg, we'll break down some draft stuff over the next month and a half. Can't wait to talk to you again. All right, Colin, appreciate it. Thanks so much. You bet. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.